Welcome to the Biz Times MKE Podcast, another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by Biz Times Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing this week? Very good. Coming off a uh, wonderful event today, the Future 50 Awards Program, our annual event recognizing the fastest growing privately held companies in southeastern Wisconsin. We had a tremendous turnout. Some wonderful companies were recognized. So it was, it was it's always a, a great, energizing and inspiring event to see the real, the, 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 the key contributors to economic growth in southeastern Wisconsin. Absolutely. And we got to unveil the fastest five at the event, headlined by the fastest growing company in the region, Evans Transportation. You can learn more about all the companies on our website, biztimes.com, or in the upcoming September 25th issue of BizTimes Milwaukee. Got profiles of all the companies. They're answering uh, various questions about how they're growing and how they're overcoming obstacles and dealing with challenges and things like that. So uh, not only learn about them, but also maybe get some insights to grow your own company. Uh, so certainly great event, and thanks to everyone who came out for that. We'll dive right in with our Insider Story Spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes Insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you discounted admission to some of our events, access to all the stories on our website, and other insider benefits. So please do consider it. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? I uh, had a uh, had a story from Mosquito, where I live, uh, about a sweet potato chip manufacturer expanding its operations there. Pretty interesting backstory with this company. Um, it's called Jackson's Chips. Started by um, by a couple in Colorado. They had a son who had a rare uh, autoimmune disorder, and they were experimenting with making healthy foods in their kitchen. And they came up with a, a, a sweet potato chip that people were telling them, this is a tremendous this is a tremendous snack. You guys should sell this. They created a business out of it. They ended up in 2017 on Shark Tank, um, got an investment on Shark Tank of more than a million dollars. The business now is in, has, is in Muskego, and it has a as its manufacturing facility in Muskego, and uh, it's going to be adding 10,000 square feet of space and, and new equipment, and will be tripling tripling its production capacity. And it's a product you can get at numerous grocery stores. Pretty cool company and a cool story um, expanding in in the area. You know that is really one of my favorite parts of um, when we comes to us covering manufacturing, and there are so many businesses in industrial parks that you can drive by and from the outside, you may have no idea what they make. And then you get to talk to the business inside and there's some cool products that's being made there, whether it's something that's on grocery store shelves or it's a part that goes into, you know, products that get used every day. You know, there's a lot of stuff that gets made in Southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, My insider story spotlight this week uh, highlights one by our associate editor, Meredith Meyer. She did the the work of looking ahead to July 2024 
which is going to be a really, 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 really busy month in uh, in the Milwaukee area and downtown specifically. Uh, we got Summerfest, Bastille Days, the Republican National Convention, uh, Northwestern Mutual's annual meeting, the Harley Davidson Homecoming Festival, German Fest, the Air and Water Show, all kinds of stuff going on. And Meredith kind of pieced all that together and talked to some of the folks involved about how they're working through the logistics of this, uh, maybe, you know, collaboration amongst some of the events, different things. Uh, so kind of a look ahead uh, to what is going to be a busy, busy time in Milwaukee next year. It is going to be an extraordinarily busy summer. And in, in July in particular, as you pointed out, which was the main focus of the story, and summer in Milwaukee is always busy. And, and most of those are typical annual events. But when you throw the RNC on top of all that and the Harley Anniversary Festival, which you know has traditionally been every five years, now it's going to be an annual event. So now you take your typical crazy busy Milwaukee July, add the RNC to that, add the Harley Festival to that, and you know all those other events you named. And then, of course, once the calendar turns to August, you're in State Fair. And, and there's stuff going on in June, too. So that's a really busy summer. And that's without even touching, say, the Brewer's schedule. I mean, when the Brewer's schedule comes out, I mean, what if we've got the Cubs or the Cardinals in town during July? I mean, that's going to just add to this uh, craziness. Um, how deep will the Bucks playoff run be? There's always a lot to be seen as it, it could get even crazier than is already on the calendar. But the calendar is already pretty packed for Milwaukee next summer and especially July. Uh, we'll we'll jump to our big story here in a moment. Uh, before we do, let's talk about our upcoming calendar hmm. with Biz Times Media events coming up uh, on October fifth. We've got our Next Generation Manufacturing Summit at the Italian Community Center in Milwaukee. Uh, a slightly different format this year than in past years. We'll have pretty much a full afternoon of programming for you. Event starts at twelve thirty with registration and networking, and there's seminars from one to two. Uh, more networking, 2 to 2.30, and then our main program, and then another round of breakout sessions in, toward, towards the end of the program, and uh, cap it all off with a networking reception. So a great chance to connect with others in the manufacturing industry, connect with service providers, um, and generally learn and uh, improve your business. Uh, looking ahead even further, uh, in early November, November 3rd, we've got the Nonprofit Excellence Awards. Uh, that'll be November second. November second, that event is nonprofit excellence awards, celebrating some of our region's top corporate citizens and nonprofits. November seventeenth, our commercial real estate and development conference, and then November thirtieth, the innovation and entrepreneurship forum. So we've got our own packed schedule coming up for the fall. Uh, if you want to learn more about any of these, go to biztimes.com/annual-events for more. Our big story of the week, uh, Andrew, you mentioned the Brewers and the possibility of, you know, what, what kind of series uh, yeah. there might be, uh, come next July. Well, there's big news, uh, about the Brewers and American Family Field, uh, this week as Republican lawmakers unveiled their version of a funding proposal, um, that would aim to keep the Brewers in Milwaukee, uh, this one would keep the, aim to extend the Brewers' lease at American Family Field through 2050. Uh, it is a $700 million plan, including $600 million of state and local funds, and they unveiled that this week. 
Uh, some of the notable pieces of this would use $400 million in state money, primarily coming from uh, taxes generated by the team, uh, income tax on player salaries, things like that. Um, and then another $200 million would come from the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County. Um, and then finally, the Brewers would contribute $100 million as well. This is the, the, the potential for the funding. I mean, we talked, we talked about this in the podcast previously, but, uh, this first cropped up earlier this year, um, as Governor Tony Evers announced what was a $290 million plan to use, um, money from the state budget surplus to fund upgrades at American Family Field and extend the Brewers lease. His plan would have extended through 2043. Republican lawmakers weren't too keen on that. Here's their version of it. And so I guess the, the the ultimate question is, what do you think, Andrew? Is this is this going to keep the Brewers in town? Are we are we at risk here? They have a lease that runs through twenty thirty, um, so it's good to see that folks are thinking ahead and we're not you know up against the deadline. But uh, no one likes the idea, I think, of of a team potentially relocating. No, and people also don't like the idea of spending hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money for sports stadiums, but. We see this go on and on all over the country, and it's sort of this is the price of admission if you want to play in the the big leagues, so to speak. You know, I think it's, I guess, the answer to your question of is is are we at risk of losing the team? I mean, I, I think there's it's very clear every single politician, well, vast majority of politicians that you see being asked about this situation say they want to keep the Brewers in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, and they want to figure out a way to do it. So it's just, I think, a different opinion on exactly how it should be done. And I think at some point there will be a deal put together and, and, and this will get worked out. I'm I'm intrigued by the difference between the Evers plan announced earlier this year, as you alluded to, and the new Republican plan. The Evers plan was fairly basic taking $290 million uh, of the state's budget surplus, as you said, take some funds that the stadium district had uh, in reserve and using that for future stadium improvements and extending the Brewers lease currently ending at 2030 to 2043. The Republican leaders in the legislature quickly shot that plan down. I know one thing they really wanted to see was a local contribution to a stadium funding package similar to what was done with Pfizer Forum. Evers did not have any local contribution. Um, local officials have been adamant that they don't want any local money spent uh, on the stadium. And of course, the city and county have had severe budget problems that were greatly addressed by recent increase in shared revenue from the state and the state granting the city and county authority to increase their sales tax, which they then quickly did. So we're going to see, you know, as of next year, an increase in the sales tax on, on the city side and on the Milwaukee County side. So those steps have greatly addressed the budget problems the county and the city were facing, but now they're getting hit with uh, a Republican plan for the stadium that says, well, the city and county are going to need to contribute to improvements to the to American Family Field going forward, a total of $200 million, which works out to about $7.5 million a year, $5 million from the county, $2.5 million from the city. Um, like I said, the city and county have said, 
don't want anything to do with that. But what very well could happen is the state could just pass legislation and dictate to them and say, this is what you're, this is what you're doing. You know, uh, I believe it was Robin Voss, assembly speaker who said that the Republicans would like to see the city and the county use some of this revenue from the increased sales taxes to pay for the city and county share of this, but also kind of left open the option for the city and county finding that, that, that funding from, you know, other source if possible. I think if, you know, the city and county just refused to play ball on this per se, you know, the state could simply just cut their shared revenue by this, by, by the amount that they want them to contribute to the stadium. So certainly it's possible that the state would just dictate, in fact, likely the state would just dictate these terms to the local governments. We'll be very interesting to see if Governor Ebert goes along with that or if he vetoes this. It's also going to be very interesting to just see if this does pass the legislature. Um, you know, you've got Republican leaders pushing on this, but do they have enough votes to pass it? What's also intriguing to me is the simple fact that, you know, the Evers plan was $290 million in state funds, and now we have a Republican plan that's that's $400 million in state funds. Um, you know, the, the, the big difference being Evers wanted to pay the all in a lump sum up front with state surplus. The Republicans want to use the surplus for tax cuts, mostly. So they want to do that. They would rather pay as you go over the years using money, basically, you know, allocating tax revenue that comes in mostly from player salaries, income taxes. Um, but, you know, that ends up costing more in the long run. So you end up with a $400 million bill. Um, so I think that's intriguing contrast. Um, I think one no noticeable difference in the new plan is there's, there's talk of, the improvements, which we didn't hear before, but there's talk now of the improvements of the stadium, including winterizing the stadium so that events could be held there year round. Currently, you can't really heat American Family Field so well. So, other than, you know, in addition to the baseball season, the concerts or whatever else is held there is typically during the warmer weather months. Um, it's really not used during the winter. This could change that. That would be interesting. The other interesting thing that's come up is Mayor Cavalier Johnson pushing the Brewers to do some development on the 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 parking uh, on the American Family Field site. Basically, use some of the parking. They have a massive parking lot over there, twelve thousand spaces, and you've got the mayor saying they should develop some of that, which a lot of other sports teams have done, including the Bucks with the Deer District, the Packers with the Titletown District. It's increasingly common. The Atlanta Braves is a very good example of um, a major league sports team that, in addition to a stadium, they have ancillary development around it. The Brewers have resisted doing that and are continuing to resist doing that, saying they want to protect their tailgating culture. But they could do that. And you know, you could do some development on a, on a portion of your parking lots and – and still have a vast area for parking and tailgating. The, the, their parking lot is just huge. So it's interesting. This thing is an interesting thing on a lot of levels. It's, there's nothing more controversial probably than taxpayer money for sports stadiums. So the the fun is just beginning with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Just just getting started here. Um, I think you know you mentioned the the difference there that 290 
um, versus the 400 million. I think Evers plan contemplated basically almost like investing that money um, to be able to grow it, to fully fund what was needed uh, versus this plan using, you know, kind of a more um, as you go approach. Um, You know, the, I think the other, the piece that because American family field isn't that old, um, you know, in comparison to other stadiums we have in Wisconsin, right? Camp Randall, Lambeau Mm. field, you know, um, I think a lot for a lot of folks, it's like, wait, I remember that thing opening. Why, why are we already in need of, you know, such upgrades and things like that? Um, we had a chance back when this first was announced and we'll link to this as well. Um, a story that kind of breaks down all the different upgrades, um, and things that are planned. I mean, restroom renovations, interior lighting, um, you know, LED sports lighting, uh, structural steel recoding for $15 million, um, re- replacing pedestrian plazas, um, escalator and elevator modernization, um, work on the retractable roof, uh, concessions equipment, um, you know, refrigeration, different things. It, it, the, the list of work they want to do here isn't exactly like, let's add a bunch of suites and new amenities. I'm sure there's elements of that the brewers would love to do. Um, but it's a lot of stuff that's kind of the maintenance and updates and things that, that go along with maintaining a really massive building uh, that it's not, at least that's the way it's being presented is it's not, it's not a whole bunch of, uh, you know, new amenities for the sports team necessarily. It's kind of protecting the investment that's already been made in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, the, I think the way it's, this has been positioned is these are mostly future uh, improvements, renovations, upgrades, whatever you want to call them, future maintenance needs going forward. If, if the brewer, you know, brewers are saying, okay, if we're going to remain in the stadium for the next 20, you know, 27 years, you know, there are going to be, there are going to be need to be improvements made. And if you want us to extend our lease beyond 2030, we need a commitment that these improvements of the facility are going to be made. And, you know, the facility is owned by the taxpayers. It's owned by the stadium district, the five county district that originally had a sales tax now retired that paid for and built the, the stadium. That's who owns it. You know, it's, it's owned by the taxpayers. So the brewers are basically a tenant that says, well, we want to keep, we're happy to keep playing here, but we need these improvements and it's your building. So, you should do that. Um, certainly, a lot of people disagree and say, "Hey, you know, the, the the brewers and the ownership of the brewers should be paying for these improvements." And you know, the brewers under this new deal would put a hundred million dollars um, into it. So that's not nothing, but that certainly leaves the vast majority of the funds from the taxpayers. But the other thing I think you know about that is this just kind of stubborn refusal from the brewers at this point, at least to do any development around the stadium. And, you know, I, I, you know, again, as you know, well, we want to protect the tailgating culture, which I totally get. That's a huge draw for brewer games. And I know the parking revenue is very important for the brewers as well. So I'm sure they want to protect that too, but they need to realize that, 
you know, those parking lots are also owned by the taxpayers. And if you're, you're asking the city and the county to put up money um, that's going to be difficult for them to come up with to um, contribute to the stadium improvements, it would be very helpful to the city and county if a, just a portion of that site was developed and that you could then draw property taxes from that. And you, you could easily create a TIF district and use those property taxes to cover at least a portion of what you're asking from the for from the city and the county, in addition to the fact that you're creating some economic development there and you're creating some some jobs and activity on you know parking sites that outside the baseball stadium are just sitting there empty. So, you know, I I think you know the the state should should push the brewers on this. The the mayor's trying to to raise a, a put pressure on them, but you know the the state should realize. This site belongs to the taxpayers and, you know, that there should at least be a part of it. And I've written about this in the past. Um, I, I've come up with ideas. Others have too, where this could be done. And you could still have plenty of parking available for, for people to park and tailgate at brewery games. Yeah. And I think for also for those who would say, you know, you know who don't like the idea of public money for a sports team and things like that. So let's say, okay, no state money, no local money, no nothing. Brewers got to either do it themselves or have fun in Nashville or wherever they move. Um, mm-hmm. Well, then we're left with an empty stadium. It's not like we're going to be getting an expansion team or anything else in there. So what are you going to do with it then? You got to, I'm assuming you tear that down, you need to redevelop that land. It's going to be a heck of a lot easier to redevelop or do development there when the attraction of the team is there. I mean, if you take the stadium out and have all this open land, like, yeah, great, open land for development, cool. What what are you going to attract to there? What's, you know, what's screaming to get into Milwaukee uh, so badly? Um, you know, are we going to have a giant Amazon distribution center right there? That Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I think it would be, basically. I mean, I, I think if... If you chose the route of, you know what, we're going to draw the line and say enough's enough and no more tax money for sports stadiums. And if the team then decides, well, we're going to take our ball and go somewhere else, that would be a really bad situation because you would have a stadium that wouldn't be useful. You, you wouldn't find there just wouldn't be another tenant. You know, if you got a minor league baseball team, there's no way they would be able to fill a stadium of that size. There isn't really another sports team that you could come in and, and, and use it. I mean, maybe it becomes a soccer stadium or something. I don't know. It just, that all seems very far fetched. I think that stadium ends up being coming obsolete becomes you need to tear it down. And yeah, you would have this vast uh, area. I think it's 90 acres um, to develop. And, and what would logically be the development choice then to me would be industrial development. I mean, right now, you talk to commercial real estate people, the thing you continue to hear is there is a huge need for land for industrial development in in this, the industrial real estate market is very, very strong. So you could turn that into an industrial park and yeah, you'd probably have a lot of, you know, warehouses and stuff like that. And I'm sure you'd have some manufacturing, but that's a lot of land to fill, but I think you could, you could do it. Um, I don't see, you know, w- without a stadium there, it's kind of an attraction. I don't, I don't really see a lot of other development that would really be 
would 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 fit there. Yeah. On the one hand, you have okay potential for jobs with industrial development. On the other hand, that probably sets back other industrial development efforts that are ongoing in the city, notably Century City, you know, be more attractive in the Menominee Valley area than than Century City. So uh, to me, it just makes a lot of sense. You know, you've, you've made the investment over the past 20, 30 years to have this thing. Um, you own it. And you know, as we we're saying, the taxpayers own it. You own something, you got to keep making investments in it to um, keep it up and continue realizing the value of it. So uh, that's... Yeah, and, and you would lose, you know, the, the, the tax income from the players' salaries. You would you would lose, and I, I know there's a lot of debate about the economic value of sports stadiums. A lot of people will say, well, you know, the money that people spend at a baseball game would just get spent at something else in the community. It would get spent at a movie theater or a shopping mall or whatever. So that, you know, there are a lot of critics of the economic value of sports teams, but you know, if you've got a major league baseball team and the salaries these guys are paying and the income taxes they're paying on those salaries, there's no replacing that. That goes to another market and, and, and there is no recovery of that. And there certainly are some people that are coming, you know, to Milwaukee either to participate somehow, whether you're player, coach, media, what have you, or fans coming from out of town to that that aren't, aren't going to come here and spend their money here. So, there's an economic benefit to having the team here and, you know, and we can debate the level of that all day long, but, but there certainly is some that you would lose in addition to, like you say, you would have this asset now that this empty stadium that would become a huge liability and what to do with it. So, um, yeah, it, 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 they, they need to find a solution. Uh, and I'm confident that a deal will be struck at some point. But it's going to be quite a sausage-making process to to behold. If if past experience with these things is any indicator, and I'm confident it will be uh, it will be interesting again. Well, let's hope the uh, the Brewers playoff run is uh, smoother than the sausage-making process goes, and uh, we can. Can celebrate a World Series or some, or at least yeah, that wouldn't hurt. And, that would help their cause. That, that yeah, wouldn't hurt them on a PR standpoint. For now, that'll do it on the Biz Times MK podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me, as always, Andrew. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with Biz Times Media. You've been listening to the Biz Times MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.